What's up, everyone? Let me introduce our special guest. So we have here a, a movie store. I'm trying to pull up his IMDb ah, page. Yes. Hey, you may want to scoot forward just a smidge. Yeah. So John doesn't also yell at you. Yeah. You, you, you basically want to talk like right here. Gotcha. There yeah. You there go. you go. So who who are you? Um, my, my, <laughs> who are you? Uh, my name is Brent Novak. What's up, Brent? Um, hey, Brent. Hi. Nice. Thank you guys for having me. Um, you have a great podcast voice. Thanks. That's what I'm hoping to do next. Uh, yeah. Do you want to tell us about your your movie experience? Yeah. I mean, well, you're you're a producer. I, you, you didn't even mention that. I know. Yeah. I well, you like that's, you're that's like, not how we met, You have several too. movies you produce, and you didn't even mention it. I just want to go back and like just say that I'm kind of like a little embarrassed because I was like, let's do a true crime drunk history. He's like, oh, and then like move <laughs> moved on to the next topic of conversation, and I'm like, okay, maybe not. <laughs> Are you talking about you and I should do it, or uh, just uh, all of us? us. Oh, all, okay. all of us. Yeah, That's what yeah. we're doing now, isn't it? Kind of, but it. we could put like it. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk business later. No, it's fine. It's like, with, <laughs> I just hey, no, no, I also want to say that like I just he said that he's been listening to the podcast, and it, I also I just want to commend you for like actually wanting to come and talk with us in person. Like he listens yeah, to the podcast. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of cool. well. I, I noticed that the first twenty minutes was a banter that was pretty fun. Yeah. So I'm like, that's why I said if you guys are having a shot, make sure and line me up. Yes, I, I did. I pick out uh, a couple. I went to the liquor store. Today got a few extra libations to the packing. You libations. I had some award-winning shorts that Ooh. that won some festivals way back in the day. Um, um, but now work, you're back on your game. You're, you're getting back into. Yeah, it. I'm going to get back into it. Going through a divorce, and I have a son and a local agent. So um, we were we're working on a. Uh, with my producing partners, we're working on um, a reality show we're going to film in Texas, oh. and it's being looked at by the same people that do Big Brother. Um, Thanks. Big it, Brother is, I, I know that I've heard that, but what is it? The big, uh, it, where they, where they're all in the house together and the cameras, it's the same producing company oh, that handles okay. that. They're looking at it. Nice. So we'll like a real happens. world type of situation. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they and, have games and stuff, right? And they, you're going to produce that? Or? Well, I, I was. I was producing the pilot, and then they decided nice. not to shoot the pilot. They're just going to sell the concept, but we're waiting for them to say Dude, yes. we can fill this house with people and, and just, shoot. Just do it, right? Just do it. <laughs> Jen, just move back in. Well, it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like Big Brother. It was just they were interested in it. So, yeah, that's uh, but awesome, man. I have a I have a full-length feature on um, Amazon right now called Harvest, Harvest Moon, and uh, it takes a second to find it. It's only a buck, so if anyone wants to check it out. Hell um, yeah. Yeah, I watched yeah. it. It was good. I, I will tell you, though, like the, it was, it's always the kind Country bumpkins that are the the killers. I noticed. Where did, did you, you give film that, that? Um, in Spring Spring Hill, California. Oh, that's California. Yeah, it was California. Did, yep. did you fly my family out there? I feel like some of them characters were. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, uh, there's there's a big bald guy who is popular back in the yeah yeah yeah. Uh, but there was another one that uh, I forgot his name. It starts with a T. That used to be in a lot of horror films, and it uh, the the guy who was the probably the main killer. Giving away spoilers. Mm -hmm. um, um, he he looked like this guy. So Tor Tor, I think his name was back in the back go. in the old times. So how did you get into producing Harvest films? Moon, like yeah. how well, like how does how does that work? Like, um, how do you get into the biz? Like what I, made you want to do it? Well, back then I I was engaged and living in San Diego, and we broke up. And I'm like, I'm gonna go try it and just start. Uh, for me, it was working with student filmmakers. I never went to school, mm -hmm. but you started to work mm -hmm. with student filmmakers, and then you kind of grow up together. And um, and uh, one of them. Now I, I acted in an Emmy-winning student short film called Union, and um, the one of the directors from that has a has a Padawan podcast. Okay, um, if you look 
up like um, Star Wars toys. He's uh, his name's Joey, and he runs that now. So all right, cool. Um, so yeah, like um, that's kind of it. And then you just run out of money after a while, you know. And then you have to file for <laughs> bankruptcy, and then try something else. Uh, we do have another Taco Supremo to shout out and welcome, Lindsay. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for joining and signing up for a full year. We will be sending you your Jupiter CBD mm-hmm. um, as well. So um, I actually got yours. Yeah, can I out. see that? Yeah, you can have a bottle, man. Yeah. Because the first one's always first free. First one's free, man. <laughs> Just be say. sure if you reorder <laughs> to nice. use our code, be Llama back. 10 He'll be okay. back. I'm like a drug dealer, but with an uh, auto ship program. <laughs> <laughs> Does it really, does it help you sleep? Oh my God. Yeah, for it's me, great, it does. man. Yeah, yeah okay. it is great. I take it every night. I do. Just don't put it in your, in your liquor. I remember I did that before. Yes. That shit made me high. But it was also like four amazing. droplets worth. <laughs> <laughs> so. As he's like, he's like, yeah. well, Start right. dropping. Uh, Start dropping. No judgment. All right. Well, y'all ready to do a surprise shot? This one's, this one's for you, dude. All right. Let's get things going. <laughs> You like my bongos, Nicole? <laughs> you have nice bongos. I can't. Oh, what the fuck? The drums are nice too, right? <laughs> Surprise shots. Oh, the camera's here. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Thanks Cheers. Thanks for joining us. Is that like a strawberry kiwi? That was Man. too Is easy. Is that that kinky stuff? That was delicious. That was the uh, the Western watermelon. Oh. Western soul? Is that what it is? Oh, I now think I, I know remember. what you're talking about. So if you've seen the show before, you know. We do, here. Yeah, we do the shots. We do another seven times before we get started. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Okay. There have been a few where we've fallen for. What's up, Sable? Uh, so your show is in Houston. So, yeah. Tell, tell us about Houston. Oh, so. Because um, actually, that's where the story's taking place. Really? Oh. Uh, yeah. My Actually, in a small town called Glendale, right outside of Houston, where we're going to shoot. Um, I don't want. I can't give away that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't, can't give away yeah, that. Yeah, no. I was just going to, and I'm like, I oh. can't. Yeah. So. Um, Pour him another shot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's not even my idea. <laughs> But I'll steal it. (laughs) All right. We are going to Houston. Quote, hell and Houston both begin with the letter H. (laughs) That's an old adage. (laughs) So back in the 70s, when we're the the story that I'm talking about tonight happens in the 70s. This is going to be kind of weird because I've never done a story like this before. It is a big story and I'm trying something completely new. I'm kind of starting at the end and we're going to work our way to the beginning. So I don't know how it's going to work. Hopefully I can pull it off. (laughs) But in the 70s. 70s, Houston had more air conditioners per capita than any other city in the world. Interesting. Was it preserving dead bodies? Is that where you're going with that? No, no. Just facts about freaking Houston. Also, it was the literally called the murder city at one point. Mm. Well, let me let's just go to the the home tonight, and it is blocked off of like Google. Is blurred. blurred. I did check it, but let's go. What in the fuck? Hold on. Let me get that. That's pretty. Austin says, "I call Houston the swampland." Is it really swampy out there? So here's. uh, I'm surprised that they've blurred the house out. So this. This is the back 2020 Lamar Ooh, wrong way. If you know what this uh, story is, you may have heard of this address. Oh, that is kind of weird that they get the whole houses are very trees. close together. Yeah. I mean, there couldn't be much that happened in this house, right? I mean, l- no. let me show you actual picture. It's, it's suburbia. Let me show you some pictures of the house because I want I want you to guess in how much the house uh, is worth because it, it actually was recently on the market. Oh, oh currently? Really? You want us to give a current guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to show you the house though. How here. many square feet? It's going to show us. Uh, that's a good question. 
questions. Square feet. I spend a lot of time on Zillow, like randomly. So I oh, feel no, like actually, I can do well on this. Okay, so. Well, do you know Texas's market? I do, actually. Wow. What do you mean Texas's why? market? Like, because why? I thought about purchasing a house in Texas for a rental. To manage all the way from <laughs> yeah, here? Yeah, a rental company. All right, so apparently what I didn't know about Nicole is she had a tax lien house at like 16 or something. I did. I mean, what the fuck? I think it was in Oklahoma, I want to say. Yeah. I mean, everyone Wait. else was, I was skateboarding I and was getting investing. high. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's buying rental property. <laughs> what the right? fuck? Was oh, that like one of those things where no, they didn't pay their taxes, so you bought it for five dollars or something? Yes, I think $5? I think I, I think I paid a thousand for it, maybe at sixteen. Come on, yes, I had jobs when I was. So, but did Renee okay. know about this? Yes, she helped me figure this out. I was going to say who um, helped you. it was it was definitely like my parents helped me figure this out, and I it took a long Always time to get the money back, but I ended up getting it back right before buying this house, and the return was um, seven thousand. She's a fucking hustler, man. So wait. You bought a house for a thousand and sold it for seven. Mm-hmm. What kind of house was this for seven thousand dollars? I think it was like a pig farm. Like it was something. A pig farm. It, I, I don't even know. I was just like, and yeah, then you married someone that grew up on a farm too. I know. You were just what the fuck does that supposed to mean? A pig farm. So I'm some yeah. kind of hick. No, you just always talk about how you grew up. We're on a farm. not related. My wife and I are not no, related. We are but not. All right, we're, we're not blood related. I hope not. <laughs> well, all right. Well, it's a good thing we don't want kids because that would be a nasty surprise. Well, describe blood anyway. Uh, what is blood? Like, yeah. <laughs> This is the house, so try to appraise it for me, Nicole. All right, sing, single story. It's probably probably less than two thousand square feet, so I'm going to say it's probably around two eighty five. I was going to say two sixty five is what my guess. Higher was. or lower? Okay, but you also know that this house has been featured on TalkMurder.com, so it's oh. a murder house. Does that increase the value or decrease the value? Well, you tell me. I feel like if it's a big murder, may increase. Um, I would say it goes down to one ninety five. One dollar. Damn, Jen, I would. I I would invest in you because published on April 22nd, 2022, the house serial killers house 185. Nice job. So Jen, here's all my money, which is not a lot. So invest it in crypto, please. Wait, right. is that like a, a skill that you actually are trusting me with? Are the bank- like guessing the value of things? Because if that's all it takes, then I guess I could should invest my money. I have you want to invest in the bank of Silicon Valley. That's like, I hear I'm, that's the, the freaking... I'm, I'm going to say, no. Oh my God. Okay, so <laughs> you want to know it's wild. So this bank of Silicon Valley collapsed like this week. Like yesterday. Yeah. It did? Yeah, yesterday. It's like the second largest was, bank in the yes, world. Yes, yes, in the country. And there was a run on the bank. People were freaking out out taking out their money um like big company like google and big shit. companies invested in that including the company in which i am employed by and the, new one? the old one oh. and had we not been purchased i probably would have had no job today with no severance package just like what? everything happens for a reason everything does happen Isn't and i wild? still didn't get my candy bar huh? <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I mean, she wouldn't have been able to get you a candy bar if she had been employed, if the old company wasn't bought out. So that's right. I I have been here an hour and I've learned more things in an hour hour in my life. Like this is like a college I'm going to. (laughs) My gosh. They should start paying us like professors then. 
Houston, one bishop described it as, quote, the greatest sink of dissipation and vice that modern times have known. The house? No, Houston. Oh. So well, th- if the house too. Yeah. <laughs> if you're from here, I've never been to Houston, okay? But I've been to Austin and that's just weird. Keep mm. Austin weird. I know. Anyway, at the time in 1973 when we're going, Houston was a different place. I don't know what it is now. I'm guessing it's not known as the murder city, the murder capital of the world, though. No, that's Chicago. But in 1843, so Houston was like manufactured apparently. These guys came in and it was like, we're going to build a city kind of like Vegas. We're going to, we're going to build it right here. And, and, and they did, you know what I'm saying? But they had a lot of like slavery help and stuff like that. Anyway, in 1843, a bishop said, quote, there is a great need for deep, a thorough, a sweeping revival of religion in Houston. Anyway, I'm just telling you about Houston. If you guys live in Houston, then you may disagree with me. We're going to August 8th, 1973 tonight, 2020 Lamar Drive. Let me show you that house one more time. And unfortunately, it is blurred out, much like the, uh, what was that, uh, Indiana stabbing? Idaho, Idaho, Idaho stabbings. So this is, I mean, it's kind of pissed that the house is blurred out, but you can tell it's not in the best neighborhood, I would say. And the house just sold for 185000 But that's where we're going to tonight. This story is a request from Austin, our good friend, Taco Supremo. I will say, Austin, if you know the story, I'm starting probably where no one else is starting. I'm kind of starting at the end of it here and I'm going to hope hopefully this works out. Oh, here, here's your uh, house photos, Nicole. All right. All right. So you can kind of see the house here. I kind of hate that when you have a wooden gate and then a chain link fence it's like four yeah. feet high next to it. It's like, why not just continue with wooden fence? Yeah, great. I mean, it's nicely done on the inside. Yeah, you, you can't tell that anyone's right? been murdered there. Yeah. Hey, you sure can. There's no blood. Yeah. There's no blood. Yeah. Modern. Good, good paint. Good. Like good neutral paint. Mm-hmm. Flooring is, you know, desirable for folks. Yeah. Dark See, I would just paint all the walls red and be like, there's no blood. Blood. Red rum. <laughs> it's got a nice backyard. Now, yeah. keep keep this uh, photo in mind here, this backyard. Okay. Is right. there some stuff it's, happening? It's looking nice. Now, uh, if I, if I, I had a real estate mogul, I'd, I'd buy. I'd y- buy it. You would buy it? I mean, 185000 is not bad. No. It's great. It's great Plus, price. dude, I would turn it into a, like a museum, like a morbid museum, you know? Like, well, come we don't here, know anything the about house. the murder. Yeah, we don't, uh, know, we don't know the murder prob- yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's probably haunted. You know, I wonder if there is a website um, similar to Zillow, but for haunted properties, like for murder houses that Girl, could make a killing. That's a million dollars. And that wasn't even right a pun. There. Like I'm serious. It wasn't intentional. Like it, like literally people. There are, there are Zillow type websites out there with murder houses. A lot of the times I pull these photos yeah. from. No, um, but I mean like specifically for. To buy. Yeah. Like I am looking to buy. Oh, a murder to buy. House. No, they're just like information on it or whatever. If you're interested, check right. out Grady Hendrix's, Grady Hendrick's new book, How to Sell a Haunted House. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's our interview with our New York Times bestseller. That's right. Man, I'm, ri- I'm going to ride that guy all the way to the top. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> that's what she said. All right. 20, 2020, <laughs> 2020 Lamar Drive, Pasadena, Texas. This is August 8th, 1973. It's a Wednesday and it's in the morning. This is 8, 8, 50, what was it the time? 8.24. 8.24. Well, what could be going on at 8.24 in the morning? At 8.24 in the morning, the Pasadena Police Headquarters get a call from a, a young man. He's distraught. And the reason I kind of went into the Houston, the Houstonians or whatever, is they have a very, they have a very uh, distinct way of talking. So like this, so they say like really like rally. I don't know if anyone's from there, correct me. But the book we're reading, a 911 call comes in and the 
the, the man in a quivery male voice says the following. Y'all better come right now. I killed the man. The address is 2020 Lamar. All right. So y'all better come rat now. R-A-T. Rat now. I killed like Tilted Kilt. Remember that place? Period. I used to date a girl from Kilt Tilted Kilt. It was like a restaurant. Y'all better come right now. I killed I killed a man. The address is 2020. God, it sounds like my family. That's what this guy, man, he looks like he would talk just like this. Ah. He looks like Justin Bieber. <laughs> the patrolman, A.B. Jameson, he gets there at the house 2020 Lamora, the one I just showed you. I'll put the photos on talkmurder.com if you want to see. And he just thinks it's a wreck. Let me tell you a little bit. I, I know I'm harping on this, but Houston, I was looking at it and they they had there were so many murders in Houston at the time that they actually classified them as a homicide or a, quote, misdemeanor murder. They would actually the cops would actually assigned times for murder cases. Okay, give this one, give this one a day. Give this murder case, I don't know, like 10 hours. There were so many during this time. I don't know why, like Houston, I get what the fuck's going on. It was the murder city of the freaking world at this time. There was a lot of people getting murdered. So anyway, this this patrolman, A.B. Jameson, he arrives and he has already been on homicide cases. You know, he's he's going into a, a lower part, a lower income, socioeconomic part of town and he looks up the record of the person that has called and he sees that this guy has been on drugs he has been sniffing paint all this you know terrible stuff that you that you do right so he kind of just walks up in there he goes into the front yard and he sees two young men and a half-dressed teen girl who was completely covered head to toe in blood it was dripping off of her there was so much blood all over this woman so so there's four people in this story total. I want you to remember tonight. Okay. Two young men were sitting there. There was a half-dressed girl covered in blood. The other guys in the house, which you're going to see. The 911 call said, y'all better come right now. I killed a man. So the fourth person would be inside the house. Dead? Dead, yeah. Because he was killed. All right. Got it. So they're just sitting there on the front porch. They're literally just beer cans everywhere. And the cop comes up to him. And all this man says, who called the 911, who called 911, it said, he just says, in there. He's in there go in there he's in there so these so dismissive exactly so this cop's like okay he walks into the house and from the book one of the books we're reading tonight uh the man with candy by jack olson says the following is that why you wanted a snickers bar <laughs> he does <laughs> ask me for this often but but i didn't get i didn't get one obviously <laughs> from the book the man with candy by jack olson the police stepped into the house and found the naked body of a man stretched full length on the beige carpet the vital signs were gone, the mouth was puffed out and the face was swollen and caked with blood. There appeared to be five or six bullet holes in the chest and back. Alright, so here we go. Trigger warning coming up. Here is what the cops saw. Well, at least that's why they tore up the carpet. Yeah, oh. this is the guy that was... Is that a boot on his back? Like a boot tattoo? Oh, interesting. Or a snake? No, that's blood, Jen. That's, that's not blood? a tattoo? I thought that was a tattoo. Did you really? Yeah. That yeah. is one shitty tattoo. No, right. Well, that's why <laughs> well, it looks like a, a either a boot or a snake. A snake opening his mouth. Or an alligator. <laughs> you both went. Yeah, I yeah, can see it now. Maybe. Let me show you another. No, I like I had to do one of those like tilts. Let me I show saw an alligator for the kilt. very first time here in South Carolina a couple weeks ago. One more photo. This one's uh, more graphic because it's colored. And this is the other side of the same man. And you can see he's not wearing a tattoo. That's the man dead right there. And you know where I found this fucking photo at? Yeah. Only fans? No. 
a fucking website called Cute Dead Guys. That was the what? website that had this photo of this. This I mean, he's is a that famous on the dark guy. web? No, it's just on the on the internet. Describe this for for people listening. I'll put this photo on talkmer.com. Some naked people um, laying out on the floor, deceased. Yeah, like uh, their the leg is. He doesn't look very bloody. Like, he's been shot five times. You see, there's oh, where would he be shot? Oh, oh, in the back. Chest. Was yeah, in the chest. You see the telephone cord actually wraps in between his toes. Kind of weird, but it just turned out that way. This guy's completely naked. He is leaned up against the wall. He's dead. And he's he's a pretty muscular man, you would yeah. say. He's pretty big. I mean, you know, he's got like big legs and stuff. Pretty muscular yeah. kind of guy. Like fit, maybe. Yeah, exactly. It's a pretty high quality photo for 1973, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that's know. a good call out. Yeah. I know. They must have had a GoPro. They must have. <laughs> <laughs> this is the... <laughs> So this man, the lay of your eyes. So this man, his name was Dean. He is shot five times. Uh. And this is, you see his hair here. He done killed. In this photo, you see the back, you see the bullet wounds. I don't think I've Oof. ever seen that, like that high resolution of a photo with it's bullet wounds. Same. Like with the skin. Yeah, man. Open like that. Freak, yeah. Freaking cute deadguys.com, dude. Holy shit. That is on there too. Fucking disturbing that that is the name of a website. Dude, let yeah. me, just, let me go there. You'll not believe it. Cutedeadguys.com. Just so you don't think I'm lying. Cutedeadguys.com right here. You see it? It's a gorgeous. Foresight for motherfucking full nudity, hot guys, and I forgot. But they're all the dead. Part. It's fucking weird. That's weird. Yeah, That's it, real weird. it's one of the weirdest things I've came across in this show. And every pot, with- every pot has their lid, right? <laughs> Is that the saying, or sure. <laughs> There's something out there for everybody, that's, I yeah, guess. That's what I was trying to get at, yeah. <laughs> anyway, this guy, five bullet wounds. You see four right here. One, two, th- well, actually three. One, three. two, three. And then there's one in his shoulder you do not see. And then there's one right in the forehead. Boom. The the uh, the pineal gland, Jen. That's what the DMT goes into. The the Joe Rogan freaking getting high. Right in the, the, the awakening gland. Right in the freaking... Third eye. Dead. Third eye. Third eye blind. I'm seeing them in two weeks. Dude, They're dude, coming dude. to... <gasps> Really? They're Mark not. Charleston? Love them. They're coming to the um, performance. Hey, concert. now, you're a rock star. No. Get you no. Get, no. Not no. the Smash same one. Not the same one. So the cop looks at this body and he sees five to six bullet holes in the chest and back. There's one in the forehead, like straight in the forehead. Great shot. Headshot. Great shot. Sorry, I'm a veteran. This wasn't. The body was on the left side, nose to the baseboard, right shoulder leaning against the wall. The male is about six feet tall. I'll put those photos on talkmore.com. Let's talk about the home inside. You saw the the guy that was, quote, killed. The police noticed that this place was messy inside, not just that disgusting carpet, but everything, a lot of the rooms, and I showed you the inside of the house, a lot of these rooms were covered in tarps. You know, it's kind of weird. Like, what are they painting something? This is one of the things they found in this home. If you want to uh, tell us what this is on top of this blue tarp. That looks like some sort of torture board, or also if someone was trying to teach their child how to tie their shoes. What? Hmm. Teach their child? Child when I was a kid, shoes? okay, so when I was about? a kid, my dad made this wooden board and it he cut it with his jigsaw like to shape like a shoe and he drilled holes in it and um like laced it like a shoe so I could learn how to tie a shoe. That's awfully I, nice. I think you walked in and saw this and was like, Dad, what's this? Oh, oh, yeah, that's uh up to tie to tell you how to tie your shoe. Yeah, your, your shoes start right practice, here. Start practicing. <laughs> dad, what is is what is this red gooey? Is this what's this is, no, this clear gooey. Thank you. Sp- Got it. We got it. Nope, you can stop there. <laughs> 
desperately. <laughs> you can stop there. But thank you. All right. So inside the home, police noticed that the place was a mess. They also noticed several rooms smelled like banana oil. Banana oil. Banana oil. What is banana oil? I don't like, know. Like massage type of oil? Well, type in, stuff? in the actual police report, that was noted that the house smelled like banana oil. You know, I guess... I don't know, banana oil. A There was a slab of thick, unpainted plywood. What I just showed you at the end were holes attached to two sets of handcuffs, nylon ropes also hung down. That is a torture board. So you guys got it right. So this is a house of torture. Yeah, nailing it. This guy, this guy we're talking about tonight combines a lot of cases we've done before. It's got a lot of everything in it. Like a lot of Bob Berdella, a lot of, um, what's that toy box killer uh, guy's name? Uh, David Parker Ray. A lot of a lot of things are melted into this story, it seems like. There was also a hunting knife that was off to the side, and there were several books on the shelf, and most of them were based on sexuality or sexual positions, Karma Sutra, stuff like that. A lot of homosexual stuff, if you want to read the next quote from uh, Jack Olson. Next to a well-thumbed copy of Human Sexuality, there were several thin glass tubes and a double-headed plastic dildo of 17 inches. The nearly empty empty bedroom was decorated by a colorful poster with a Jesus-like image on it. The caption was love. And I don't think it was Jesus's either. <laughs> yeah, but it's Could the 70s, been. man. Like, Jesus is the thing, dude. And like, lo- free the love. Thing, dude. <laughs> free love. Double-headed dildos, you know? No. Alright, so Seven, no, 17, 17 fucking inches. inches. Like, that's why like, would you need that? Like, That's wh- like this long. That, that like comes back that's out like, your mouth. That's like Mr. Hands. Ew. Alright, I'm looking at sure. Go sorry, I was not paying attention, but you just brought me back with the double-headed dildo. She's back on. There you go. All right, I'm looking this up. I've got oh, there's one on Amazon. Oh, called the Dear God, please clear that from our search. It's called (laughs) Double Trouble Slender Bender (laughs) Dildo. Oh shit! No, no, I can't say that's something we need. So they see the dead guy, which I showed you. They see this. The whole place is smells like banana oil, and there's sex toys everywhere. There's not only sex toys. There's torture devices. This is a Bob Berdella type of situation here. And not only that, they notice this sick, so sick. Please buy me this van out front. This is a Ford Econoline. Look at this beautiful thing, and look at these curtains. These curtains are for privacy. Yep. And the van actually had some uh, torture equipment in there as well. This was parked out front. This is a really nice van. I feel like I'm a van man. A van man. <laughs> Inside the van, there was it was a Ford white Econoline van rigged so the rear portion can be easily sealed by those those uh, navy blue curtains. There was a, a, a floor rug in there. There was rings and hooks protruded from pegboard walls. The pegboards were soundproofing. There was also binoculars, maps, and a 15 feet of nylon rope. In the backyard of the home, which was fenced in, there was a box found with air holes in the box, a torture sort of box. I I know we never did the story, the girl in the box. Yes, we did. We but did she was under the, the bed. Huh? One where she was under the bed. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was called the girl in the box. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, there's a there's a story called um, Ursula 
determine. And they and we did up, make that update that they identified the boy in the box, right? I told you guys that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they finally identified him. But this is what I was thinking of. There's this girl named Ursula Herman. I can't, I can't even remember. I can't even fathom how I remembered her name. But this is the box. And I can do this story if y'all want. She was found in this box. This is, a, you know, really tragic. But this is like the box that she was found in. Oh, no. And it had like a breathing apparatus that didn't work. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it was crazy. Like that. that kind of reminds me of those trunks that you see at the end of a bed. You know, like in the olden days where people would have trunks. I might get drunk from the end of my bed. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't keep anyone in there. No, no. Damn, man. Blankets. That, uh, yeah. Blankets, yeah. right? Yeah. Ready for blankets. That divorce must be weighing on do we have a trunk or we have something you put your shoes up in that shit. yeah i, I do I, yeah who's in there now who's in there now <laughs> who's in there? just a bunch of shoes just a bunch of shoes uh, that's where john actually sleeps it's in the trunk. <laughs> yeah, there you go. all right in the backyard which was fenced in a box with air holes in the side the detective being probably a rookie detective i'd imagine he puts his hand down in there without actually shining a flashlight in there no, it, you don't do that yeah oh. i know right Big like dude, fuck are you fucking was this a you know a dare hold on let me in there hey rookie see what's in there uh, this is your hazing part one <laughs> what do you think they found in there i'm gonna guess a body or an animal there was no body in there the box was 34 inches high 24 inches wide 30 inches deep hinged in front the detective felt his hand in there and it seemed like from the description it was carpeted inside this box was an angry raccoon no but he he did feel something deep down in here and he pulled it out it was a clump of human hair Ew. and so he decided to be like ew no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> the, throw that. Ew, gross. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man, that's nasty. I know, right? Under the cabin, they also found this thing un- under the house. They found what this thing is, if you want to describe this, if you can. It's like a fucking torture board. So this right here is a board just kind of like Bob Berdella had that story we did. He would just tie the victims up to this board. So this story we're doing tonight is a torture-ish story. It's kind of like will. an underdeveloped St. Andrew's Cross. I don't know what that is. It's the torture device that you're you're tied up. Is it's that- also... So like what you do on the when you're no not, no but it's also I like don't people Who don't use would, it for not torture they use it for you know adult so activities. I'm sure it was in Fifty Shades of Grey in some way shape or form. All right, the cops they talked to the neighbors. They said the house was built in the 1950s. There was an old man named Arnold Coral that lived there. Quote: He minded his own business and he was the type of guy. Well, if he needed some help, he would be damn willing to do it. One neighbor said, and another one said the following. Another added plaintively, Mister Coral. Had an unhappy life himself. He lost a wife to some disease, had a tough time. Seems like some people just don't carry a horseshoe with them. And now this, he don't need it. And he's a good church going man too. The house was actually really nice, upcapped by this nice old man, Arnold Coral. And he, he, you know, he kept it up nice. The lawn was nice. But then his son moved in. And this is his son, if you want to describe him. His name is Dean. Dean Coral. I mean, he looks like a good, good little lad, doesn't he? Is this who was dead or no? Can't say. This yet. is the guy on the floor. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. This is the Did guy. I that give that away? Should I have not said? No, that? no. I'm no, also good. starting the story at the very end. I don't know why. You know. Yeah, May- he normally do that though. So, um, like he looks maybe kind of James tw- Deanish. Yeah, twenties, thirties, early thirties, maybe, but he like, looks like dark a cute hair. dead guy. 
Cute dead guys.com. I've never, I dude, I've done this for five years and that's the first fucking time I've seen that. Yeah. This is where the photos were. If you wanted the photos, cute dead guys.com or whatever. I was like, are you fucking sh hell? Whoa. Yeah. I'll sign up. Yeah. <laughs> register right away. What the fuck? Yeah. Credit <laughs> card, obviously social security number. Here you go. What the fuck? <laughs> I used yours. Is that okay? <laughs> Thank you. All right. So this is uh, the guy that was dead. Dean Coral. And you guys kind of heard that. I've heard the name. Have you heard the name, Brent? All right. He's known as the Candy Man. Oh. Candy Man. Give me some candy. And I'll tell you why in later. But anyway, that's him right there. The house that he was living in used to be a staple of the community, a nicely manicured lawn, well kept. And then his son moved in. Arnold was kind of going downhill, the dad. And then eventually he passed. And the son just has no respect for the property at all and decides to just have parties in it. So anyway, let me back up. What you got now is a 911 call. This was 1973. This was in the morning. This was a Wednesday morning. A man who I showed you, his name was Wayne Henley. He's a 17-year-old kid. He calls the police. I killed somebody. Y'all get over here to 2020 Lamar. They come over. Okay, like, you know, where's the dead dude? I showed you the dead guy. His name is Dean Coral. He's got five bullet holes in him. He's laying there on the floor. He's butt naked. And not only that, they find all these sex devices, these two-headed dildos, all kinds of lubrication. The whole place smells like banana oil. Like, what the fuck is going on? So the detectives are like, all right, all right, slow down. Let's get to the bottom of this, but first let's map out who the fuck are the people still here. There's three people still alive. So before we go any further, we need to talk about the, quote, girl on the torture bed, end quote. Oh, dear. So I told you when when the, when the cop got to the house, there was, there was what? There was a guy that called, teenager that called the police. There was also so another male there and there was a girl that was cladly dressed covered in blood yep. head to toe this is the girl right here she is known as the girl on the torture bed okay she is a survivor of this man and mostly because he didn't he didn't care for females as you're gonna see oh he didn't care at all for females she was just there in fact she was the the reason that this happened uh can you read the uh from the houston press Rhonda and tim are the forgotten victims expected to care Carry on with their lives. They will survive, but they won't completely escape. So there's, there's a lot to process. Like what's like, how do I put all this stuff together? Like, how do we put all this stuff together? Right. Mm. So her name would be changed over many times and she would change schools. I'm what I'm doing with this story is I'm in injecting her story, which she came out in 2008 and was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's been 40 years, 40 years. I haven't said a word. No one has given a shit to even ask me about what happened. In 2008, she comes out and says, this is what happened. 40 years it takes her to tell her story. So I'm injecting her story in what happened. This episode, we're going to find out what happened. How is there a dead guy on the floor? Why is there a two-headed dildo? Why is all this stuff going on? What the fuck happened this night? Because this was in the morning. So what happened three hours before we showed up, right? Okay. And that girl, Rhonda, she was one of the forgotten victims that no one cared about 
about and 40 years later she comes out and she tells her story she for 40 years was told to forget about it to move on oh you're so lucky whatever mm-hmm. and she was discarded completely her father disowned her she went from foster home to foster home but the whole time she lived in this hell of being the girl on the torture bed a a six to seven hour torture session of pure hell which we're about to get into which I know you guys love right amazing okay a little bit about her if you want to read the next one this is from an interview that she gave to ABC News Rhonda wouldn't have been in this situation had she succeeded in ending her life a year earlier Rhonda's bedroom wasn't always a bedroom back then it was a gas jet stove she can't recall where she got the idea but she strapped a styrofoam cup to her face with a rubber band and ran a hose from the cup to the stove she had waited until she was alone in the house to do it but her plan was foiled when she heard her dad pull into the driveway. She never tried it again. So we're going to try to tell this night, whatever happened this night, based on her story. So, quote, my daddy didn't want me, Rhonda says today. It wasn't that I was bad. I just wasn't wanted. Now, she met this guy named Frank when she was 13. Now, Frank was a, a really good guy. He was 18. And this guy's na- his name was Frank Aguilar. Now, don't don't actually remember him too much because he's not really, a, I mean, he is a character, obviously, but he is the one that found her and they were engaged. He was 18. She's 13. He's a really nice guy. His, yeah, I know. Awful young. They worked together at Lone John Silver's. He was really respectful to her and everything else. Frank was a sweet boy whose kindness did not go unnoticed in the neighborhood. When he spotted a little girl bawling outside Lone John Silver's because she'd lost the dime her mother gave her to fetch hush puppies, he hooked her up with enough hush puppies to feed an army. The girl never forgot that. And they were in love. And and from what I found out, and he's got a whole memorial on him specifically. They were in love. They were supposed to be married at one point. And in March 1972, he calls Rhonda after his shift. And he says, I'm coming over there, you know, to the house to hang out, whatever, watch a movie, whatever. He never shows up. On the way to Rhonda's house, a man in a van who okay. I showed you. The, the van. The yeah. van, the white van that I showed you, the Ford Econoline with the man that was eventually dead on the floor pulls up and says hey you know what are you doing well I'm going to my girlfriend Rhonda's house oh I know Rhonda we're really good friends why don't you come in here I'll give you a ride it's better than you riding your bicycle from the candy cards author by Robert Brown Frank agreed and as soon as he got into the van Wayne handed him a Budweiser we're going to a housewarming party first he told his friend that's cool with me replied Frank Aguar sipping a can of beer the majority of teenagers in the heights regarded him just about as the most laid back guy they had ever seen. Now, Wayne is the guy that called the police in the first time. So okay. I'm I'm trying to meld these stories together, right? So this this boy, Frank, who was dating Rhonda, the girl in the torture bed, the girl that was there yep. when the police showed up. This is how they know each other. Frank gets into the uh, to the van with the guy that eventually will call the 911, Wayne Henley. That's his name. And he hands him a beer and says, hey, come on. You know, we're going to a housewarming party. They get to 2020 Lamar, which is only five blocks away from Rhonda's house. They start drinking. They're smoking. And a, a really popular thing to do at this time in Houston was spray some acrylic paint, spray paint into a bag and huff it. Huffington Post. They just huff it. They huff the paint. I don't know what the fuck, man. Is well, the huffing paint? That's the thing, man. It's nothing I mean, like a whip it. Huffing a puff it. I, you know, I used to eat paint chips, not huff shit. Did no, you I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wasn't going to judge you. I wasn't going to judge you. <laughs> All right. So he goes to the house and there's another boy there too. His name is David Brooks. So, and I, you know, the story is Dean Coral. So this guy, Frank Aguilar, the, the boyfriend gets to the house and you have Dean Coral, Wayne Henley, and this guy named David Brooks. Let me show you David Brooks real quick, just so you can see that these guys are really young. Besides the dead guy on the floor, Dean Coral, the one we're talking about tonight is the dead guy and he's 35 years old. Okay. These guys are all in their mid teens. So it's, it's okay. kind of weird already that a, a 35 year old is hanging out with some mid teenagers, right? That's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right. They get to the house. They're drinking, smoking, smoking, huffing, having a great time. But after a while, he's ready to go to Rhonda's house. Then Wayne says, okay, you know what? We've been having a great time, but you know, you're the new guy. We just met you. You're the new guy. You know, we're really good friends with Rhonda. We're going to take you back. But since you're the new guy, you got to try this thing. Now, Wayne says this, the guy that called 911, Wayne says this. He says, you've got to try this cool thing. It's called the handcuff game. The quote handcuff game. Have you ever tried it? No, I don't I'm gonna, like the just going to give you all a word of advice. If anybody ever asked you that, don't say try no. it. Say no. <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing. I'm good. So, Thanks. So with this guy, let me show you a picture of this uh, kid right quick. So this and he was 18 years old and this was the last time he was alive. I'm going to I'm going to tell you how he died, but he was coaxed into the handcuff trick. Now, what this was, was Wayne and this other boy that was there. They were like, you know what? There's this thing called a handcuff trick. Let me show you. And then Wayne puts these handcuffs on himself. He's like, check this out. I'm going to I'm going to jump under this this blanket and I'm just going to Houdini my way out of here. And he did he Didn't like John Houdini? Wayne Gacy have a handcuff game too? Exactly. Yeah. So this story is just like that. Ah, handcuff game. good memory, Jen. Yeah. So his was uh, something else. It was like Sables the, just said it too. The yeah. knot game or something, the rope and knot game or whatever. And, end of story. If anyone ever fucking asks you that, just, I mean, unless you want to get murdered, say no. So or assaulted. Do yeah. not do not recommend. So Wayne, zero out of ten stars. So <laughs> Wayne here gets out of the handcuffs and is like, oh, see, is easy. You try it. Puts the handcuffs on. He can't get out. Obviously, that's because Wayne had some handcuff keys hidden in his boxer shorts. So this guy, this 18 year old is fumbling. He's starting to get really worried. He's handcuffed. His feet are shackled. He can't get out like Wayne just did. And they're laughing and smoking and drinking beer. And, and then he says the following. Well, you might as well get ready to go to California. And that's what he says. Now, this Damn. is going to this is going to get a little uh, intense right here. All right. So, and just to take us back, we're we're kind of injecting Rhonda's story into this. How did Rhonda get in this situation? Is because she had a boyfriend, this guy Frank, who met Dean Coral and his crew this one night, and that's how she got intermixed with this. Okay. So I'm telling you about Frank's story right now. Okay, you guys understand? We all understand. Uh, yep. the one question I have. Yeah, yeah. Did they really know Rhonda when they said this? Or were they just enticing him to get? Oh, good question. That is a good question. So Rhonda was well known and the reason being she lived in the heights and apparently it's like um, these uh, apartment buildings that, that spread out and she was popular for a 15 year old she was also kind of a runaway and going from foster home to foster home but Wayne Henley was actually friends Wayne Henley the guy that called and I'm just going to kind of tell you right now Wayne Henley 
is involved in the murders, and there's a lot of them. But just to kind of get you, the guy that called 911 is involved in the, the murders that are going, we're going to talk about. But Wayne Henley was really good friends with Rhonda. Okay, now she didn't know that he was involved in this stuff. She probably just thought he was some kind of common thief or whatever, because, you know, he would always have the best things. And, you know, he's hanging out with this guy named Dean, who is... You know, they older and, you know, they're stealing stuff and selling it, pawning it, stuff like that. So they kind of did know her, but not all that well. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So anyway, that's a really good question. I suggest you prepare yourself for a trip to California, buddy. That's what he said. Now, this guy, Frank, Rhonda's boyfriend is freaking the fuck out. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, out of nowhere. Now, now he's met Dean before. I mean, they were at the house just drinking, smoking, huffing together, having a good time. And then all of a sudden, this handcuff trick, this handcuff trick has got him out on the front lawn. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, this guy's Frank is struggling. He's like, what the fuck? Are y'all fucking with me? The two boys, David Brooks and Wayne Henley, David Brooks, don't worry about, but Wayne Henley, the, uh, the one who coaxed him into it, was sitting on a patio chair just smoking a joint and drinking moonshine from a jug and he's just like laughing he's like huh, I'm getting 200 bucks for you motherfucker you're going to California you might as well shut the fuck up like just having a good time so it was just like laughing. trafficking before like, exactly it was exactly a big problem he says I suggest you prepare yourself for a trip to California Dean all of a sudden the door the back door flies off the hinges literally just opens up and like a monster from a cage a monster from a cage. That guy you saw, that big dude that was dead on the floor. You saw his big legs, that big hulky dude runs out, scurries out, runs over to the handcuffed boy who is also shackled at his feet and grabs him by the back pocket. His back pocket is sticking out and he takes his back pocket of this boy's jeans uh-huh. and he grabs his back pocket and he ropes him inside the house just by the pocket. Like he's dragging this guy kid 18 year old kid by his back pocket into the house and this is out of fucking nowhere these two boys are laughing you know having a good time and he is just like out of a i mean it's like a a caged monster just opens the the freaking gate and grabs the pocket and just rips them back into the house so it must be a sight to fucking see right and this isn't the first time he's done this and he's gonna have his way so this boy is his hands are behind his back handcuffed his feet are shackled he is now being dragged into the house. The boys on the patio chairs, Wayne Henley, they're drinking and and they see all this and then they hear the door lock. So they're locked out of the house now. All right. At this point, about five minutes later, they start hearing it. They start hearing the screams. They're they're muffled, but Wayne Henley can hear it. They can hear the screams that... What are you doing? They can actually hear the scratches on the wood. Oh, dear. With this boy trying to get away. And Wayne Henley is just like, what the fuck? What is the what the hell is going on? What is he doing? Yeah. Wayne, all this time, was getting paid $200 to bring in these boys for Dean Coral. Because from what he knew, this boy was going to California to join a, quote, white slave ring. Oh, what is that? Because Dean found some fun. Dean was selling kids to a white slave oh, ring. Oh, 
dear. Which is completely fictitious, but that's what he told Wayne because, you know, you can't tell him, oh, just I'll give you $200 so I can rape and murder this boy. Oh, boy. Because that sounds like way worse. So if you guys don't know yet, we're talking about Dean Coral. He is a the Houston serial killer, and he is a particularly terrible guy. And he Horrible human. He has horrible human. The story has a lot in common with John Wayne Gacy, Bob Berdella, David Parker Ray, and some other torturers that I'm probably missing. But he is known as the Candyman, and we're going to get to why he's known as the Candyman, but that's what he's known as. And he is the Houston serial killer, probably the most notorious serial killer in uh, Texas. But his victims range from, as you see here, Frank Aguilar going down, just going down, going down. You see how many there are? This is how many. Jesus Christ. Page two. Page two. (gasps) So here we go. Down, down, down. 29 victims in total. One is still not even named yet as of today. Wow. The last time I looked, uh, he's not been identified. But they're all male, as you saw. They're all teenagers. And they all happened relatively quick to each other. So there was, and they all happened, they all lived in the Heights. There was a lot of kids going missing. Is is he considered a spree killer based on No, no, not a spree killer. No, he's, no. No, this guy is a serial killer okay. and a, a sadistic, sadistic one at that. And and we're going to get to to all of them. But um, anyway, at this point, he can hear these muffled screams and they turn into these terrible moans of agony. He's getting raped. This boy, this teenager, this 18 year old who was engaged to Rhonda, the nice kid Oof. working at Long John Silver's. He had just called her. Hey, I'm coming over tonight. I'll be there. I love you. I'll see you. I'm, I'm leaving work now. I'm leaving work. You know, she's friends with Wayne Henley. Anyway, he starts these terrible moans of agony, and that is from him getting raped. They can hear the scratching on the wood. Wayne finally asks, what the fuck is going on? What is going on? Like, what's happening? Why is he screaming? And then the other accomplice there, David Brooks, says, quote, Dean is strangling him to death while having his way with him, end quote. Now, he didn't. Now, Wayne's like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean having his way with him? I thought they were shipping them to California. He literally thought this was a white sex slave ring. Gross. So. And $200 in 1973, $1,300 today. Is that Damn. That's fucking good money, man. <laughs> I mean, to, to, I'm not, I'm saying to a boy that, you know. 15, 16, 17. Yeah. This yeah. kid. I mean, I'd take $1,300 today. I wouldn't. Let know. me show you this kid again. To put Sell me in, someone. Put but... me in health handcuffs. Yeah. yeah. This kid, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this kid, but a ninth grade dropout, you know, abusive family a drunken dad. Like, what does he got going for him? He looks like Not Justin much. Bieber. So he has his older man, Dean Coral, show up and says, you know, hey, I'll give you 200 bucks, man, if you can, uh, you know, bring these kids to me and I can sell them. Am, am, am I spoiling to say that Justin, the Justin Bieber guy, this guy you just showed, yeah. he's kind of the hero of the show, right? A little... Spoiling no, it's no. I mean, he, well, I'm. You're gonna see. Yeah, uh, I guess he's the the in the weird way the hero. Yeah, but he, but he's also <laughs> a murderer. <laughs> he's an accomplice. An accomplice, right? Is he though? Because yeah, we, is know, he? right. He was just. He was just. Well, he was doing trafficking, right? Yeah. Right. But he's not killing anybody. He didn't know that they were gonna die. But still, it's yeah. still. But wrong. he kept That's like so supplying them, and where yeah. are these boys going? Yeah, he did. Well, he didn't care. But so interesting. So but they were in a van. So like, where did he think? Like. Didn't, didn't he know 
that these bodies were like stacking up? <laughs> they were not stacking up at the house. They were stacking up in a boat shed. Oh, oh God. <sighs> a rented boat shed. Huh. So he didn't, there was no bodies there. Like they didn't find any bodies at the house. So he would just like drop off the boys. The boys were murdered at the house, but they wouldn't, they, they were all, they wouldn't like Gacy stuffing them right. in the crawl space type yeah. of shit. They, they were transported to a couple locations. And it was, it was Coral doing that or was Henley involved in that? Coral was doing it with this other accomplice, David Brooks. And then eventually, as you're about to see, Henley was involved. So, but you can tell me if he's the bad guy or not, because I mean, he is the one that said, quote, I killed the guy. He killed the serial killer. Is he a bad guy? I mean, like he said, good luck in California. I mean, what, what is white? But, but then again, like a white sex or no, excuse me, not even sex, a white slave trade in California. It's not a good, it's not a good person, but no. it's, it doesn't even make sense. Like what the fuck is that even? Like, well, it's who, not a thing. S- slave not, trade I mean, for what? Then. Like for what? Nike shoes? Like what the fuck? Like, I, I, what, what are they, you know, in California? I don't know. I, like all white boys, a freaking slave trade, like in California. Like the reason I'm saying this is when he was arrested, Wayne Henley, 126 IQ, smart guy. Yeah, he's a dropout, but he's a smart dude. I mean, couldn't put that together. Right. Like, this doesn't make any sense. But then I feel like if it wasn't him or would have found someone else. It. Right. Just was the first one to say yes. Maybe I don't know. I need to, I need more details before I convict him. And he's definitely not innocent. Right, but right. okay. So at this point, Wayne Henley is sitting there on the patio chair, and he's hearing all this terrible shit going on. This these terrible screams, these terrible moans, these cries for help, and eventually they get more and more muffled. That's because eventually Frank gets gagged, a uh, washcloth shoved in his mouth, duct tape. <laughs> slapped over his mouth so it gets more muffled. David says, his accomplice David says, quote, he is strangling him to death while having his way with him. Wayne is like, what the fuck? This is what about California? What about the white slave ring? And then David says, not a thing. That's just what he's been telling you. At this point, Wayne gets up and he goes to the door and tries to open it, but Dean locked it. Dean locked the monster that came out and drugged this boy by his back pocket, locks the door, locks the cage. He can't get in. He's beaten up. You know, let my friend go because they were they were friends wayne is wayne is friends with Rhonda, mm-hmm. and guess what Rhonda is deeply deeply in love with frank deeply in love they're friends i mean kind of fucked up friends he's gonna sell them to california but you know still the muffled gargling sounds continued for a number of minutes while wayne and david kept on pleading at the door eventually the door flew open and dean half dressed came out with his breath racing you two are going to help me get rid of the body he said tightening his lips wayne unlocked the cuffs I'm going to fetch the lime and the sheets. Wayne peeked in the bedroom at this point and saw the naked corpse of Frank Aguirre. And from the author Robert Brown in his book, uh, The Man with Candy, says, quote, The mouth was still gagged. The bulging eyes were turned upside down in their sockets. And the, and the throat was purple black with bruises. There was a nylon rope noose around the disfigured neck, end quote. The cause of death for Frank when they found his body, they they actually found his body on a high island with uh, several other bodies as well. I kind of spoiled it. He's a serial killer. Mm-hmm. But they most of the bodies were found in the boat shed. But as I'll tell you later, he, he kind of had a space problem. A rented boat shed. <laughs> There's a, uh, you know, you, you pack, you pack um, almost a dozen bodies in there and you kind of run out of room. Yeah, it's kind of tight. <laughs> depends, tight on, depends on the size boat you have, I yeah. guess. Well, yeah. you didn't have a boat. He just had a bunch of bodies. Right? <laughs> there was no boat in there. He well, just... he should have gotten a yacht shack then. 
We're gonna. Need I'll show boat. you the. I'll show you the freaking shack. It's pretty. Pretty. It's pretty. Uh, spacious. The shack. You know. I mean, the, what the fuck? Uh, anyway, I mean, I can. The, and the, the old man that rented him this too. I mean, holy shit! I'll have to get into him. But anyway, so he he sees. Frank there. Now, Frank, when they bear, when they finally uncovered his body about six months later, well, 17 months later, 17 months later, they, they exhumed his body and the medical examiner said that he died of air hunger, quote, air hunger. From the Houston press, after his remains were found buried in High Island 17 months later, Harris County medical examiner Joseph Jaminski testified during Wayne's trial that Frank died of air hunger. Cloth was stuffed into his mouth and held in place with tape. A noose was tied around his neck. He might have died in three to four minutes. Jaminski said he could have been conscious one or two minutes, depending on how long he could hold his breath. So as you'll see, Dean Coral, his thing is he likes to strengthen. I mean, the noose was still around his neck. They didn't even bother to cut it off. He wraps his noose around this boy and he rapes him right there on this torture board. Yep. The thing that y'all saw. Yeah, Brent's like, what the fuck? fuck did I sign up for? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why no, you're I here, bro. I know, I was kidding. <laughs> <What is this>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> This is a this is an easy story, man. I, easy, you know, yeah. easy. Dude, you should have been here during the vampire story we did, uh, where where I like ruined Panera bread for him. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how Frank ended. Now, the reason I told you about Frank is because Rhonda was deeply in love with Frank, and Rhonda was the one covered in blood. There, completely shocked, has no freaking idea why there's a dead dude. What the fuck is going on? But I want to tell you her story of what she went through. So there's like two episodes, kind of like smashed together. You guys okay with that? But anyway, I hope you guys enjoy that. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. <laughs>